0: I was sitting in a petrol station last night and I was coming and oh, my mother of God, the window got tapped three <laughs> times in ten minutes. They are. That mad. was the one lad. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're mental about it, yeah. Don't go to rock. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. OTBAM, with Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent moves. Andy Mitten, good morning to you. How are you? Good
1: morning. Okay, thanks.
0: Um. Shane says he made it through the first ten minutes of the uh, interview last night and had to turn off because he was slightly sickened by it. I should point out, in case you're unaware, Shane's a Man United fan. How did you manage to make it through the whole? Is it how, forty-five minutes so far? Is, how much have they
1: published? Have you have you seen the whole thing? Yeah, I have. Um I'd imagine that before Shane got to the ten-minute mark, he would have gone through three different sets of adverts. They were certainly padding it all out. I did watch the whole thing. It's my uh, duty to watch the whole thing. Uh, I'll be asked about it a lot today. I'm going to write about it today. Um, I think the the headlines which preceded it were uh, stronger than any of the content which we saw, which was probably planned by Piers Morgan, by by Talk TV, by the the, the Murdoch Empire, if you like. Um, My opinion's not really changed uh, from what I was saying a couple of days before the interview to having watched it afterwards, I I, I think the only winners here are, are, are Piers Morgan and Rupert Murdoch. I think Cristiano Ronaldo's stock among a lot of Manchester United fans um, has not been boosted by by doing this interview for several reasons. Um, his the, the choice of outlet, uh, what he said, talk about being betrayed, blaming everybody um, but himself, and the fact that he's not playing that well. It just smacks to me of someone who's ego is struggling to come to terms with the fact that he's no longer the, the, the incredibly good player, probably one of the best two players in the world that he was hey, That's the problem from Ronaldo's perspective really here is that
0: if he'd done this interview at the end of last season where he was scoring a lot of goals and you, know, he, you, know, you could still make the case that it wasn't necessarily great for the team that they were completely reliant on a then 36 year old but at the same time if his performance level was off the charts and he was still doing it week in, week out, and he was coming out saying, this club's a bit of a shambles, the Glazers haven't invested, the training ground's exactly the same as it was, you know, what, what's the story here? Why have, this, why have they not progressed? And also, I didn't get support at a very important moment in my personal life. Then he would have had much more credibility because the performances haven't matched the level of anger he's got. Then people are going, well, you're just a you're just a troublemaker now.
1: Yeah, he's not done it from a position of strength. If he would have talked about the training ground when he came back, he would have been more valid than talking about it now because actually a lot of money was spent on the training ground in the closed season. and Some of the points he made um, were, were were valid. He came back when he left the club in 2009. Manchester United were world champions. When he came back, United were a long way from from that point. But he hasn't done this interview from a position of strength and I just think he needs someone close to him to say get real you know you're not who you were Um, Manchester United fans are not stupid they've been watching the games this season Uh, his performances have have dropped substantially his output as his number of goals has and he's gone from being a positive influence to a negative influence he wanted to leave the club in the summer Manchester United would not stopped him leaving the club in the summer. United didn't push him out like he suggests. He wanted to leave. The fact that nobody came in for him who could pay the high wages it is on at Manchester United is not the fault of Manchester United.
2: What do you, what do you make of the timing of it all Andy? Like I mean, I know Piers Morgan was asked um last week I think you know when this interview was recorded he wasn't too um, keen to, to reveal when exactly that was. I'd imagine it's it's since he refused to come off the bench uh, against Newcastle that day, but we don't, we don't really know. But the timing is interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I naively thought after the Fulham game on Sunday that Manchester United wouldn't dominate the news cycle now the World Cup finals were kicking in. But I use the word naive because the public gets what the public wants. Uh, Piers Morgan befriended Cristiano Ronaldo because... He is a celebrity that he is. He talked about having almost half a billion followers on Instagram and that stuff resonates with him. And clearly with the player as well, he spoke about that uh, during the interview. Um, From a journalistic perspective, uh, it's kept people busy this week when not a lot is actually uh, happening. So I think it was deliberately planned. I think the choice of platform was wise from... Piers Morgan's perspective, but not from Cristiano Ronaldo's perspective, but everyone's been talking about it. He's got this huge scoop and he's, he's done what he does. Whether it's with Donald Trump or Cristiano Ronaldo, he'll just be sitting back smiling now that people are arguing back and forth whether uh, Cristiano was right or wrong to do it, but among Manchester United fans, and that's who I care mostly about, the re- the reaction has been overwhelmingly negative. And he might talk about, they're always there for me, they're great for me. Um, Well, I'm sorry, I've not met many who think it was a good idea for him to say what he said. And I think Eric Ten treated him pretty fairly, actually. It could have been much more harder on him. So to to talk about being betrayed by him, uh, I think he's wider the Mark. That is the sad part
0: here that there was a legacy of a player who burst onto the global stage at Manchester United had great times and then went on to have an amazing career at Real Madrid as well but that's gone now that like the memories of that okay the memories of it will never fade fair enough but his relationship with that club and that time in the club's history will always be tarnished as a result of this interview
1: Yeah it's not done it any, any good then again I've seen countless players leave and it's almost always unedifying. Very few players choose to do what Eric Cantona did and said, right, I'm going now on my terms. I remember the end of Roy Keane's time, uh, the end of Wayne Rooney's time was pretty testing. And then Wayne Rooney got a lot of criticism from Manchester United fans before he moved on. And now he's celebrated and I still think history will remember Cristiano the footballer really well at Manchester United. Uh, George Best didn't always behave like an angel and was ultimately sacked by the club with good reason and yet there's a statue of him outside Old Trafford. So uh, football fans in the short term will, will be pretty hard and critical of Cristiano Ronaldo and I get that. I actually agree with that. But I think in the long term when people are asking to recount their greatest ever 11s, he would still make it. Uh, there's just, it's just a little storm, and it's in the teacup, and I, I don't actually think Manchester United will be buffeted that much from it because he's not the best player anymore. No, and the other thing is, there's only six months left in the contract, if, I, if I'm
0: right about that, and so therefore, if they have to pay up, they pay up. If they don't have to pay up, they can get something back or they can sue him. That's for the lawyers to decide, ultimately, and it's not going to have a massive impact, really, on the, the bottom line. But what actually happens, do you think, or what's your instinct about the process that occurs? Because we were told United were really waiting until the full interview was available to them. Maybe they've already got the full interview. The lawyers, I'm sure, have requested a copy of it. And I'm sure um, whatever the the TV station is would be only too happy to furnish them with it. So what what do you think does actually happen now in
1: the, um, the technical legal situation with regards to Cristiano Ronaldo, the footballer? Uh, I think United's um, legal people have to see if he's uh, breached any terms of his contract. As I said, United would have let him go. I don't see why Manchester United should pay up his contract. What, what have United done wrong here? If he's trying to force his way out, you know, go. But don't expect your contract, a huge contract, the best paid player in the Premier League, or one of the best two, um, to mm. be paid up, because I don't think it's fair. I don't think United have acted uh, badly here. And I'd be, I would be the first to criticise if I felt Manchester United had done and if if the Glazers had, had, had acted uh, wrongly. But I think Cristiano Ronaldo is in the wrong here. So I think the legal people will be going through it thinking, can we sack him? Can we get rid of him? And if they can't, well, then they've still got a contract. And everybody says to me, I'll never play for us again. Well, he actually might do. It's unlikely, but people were saying the same thing to me in August uh, when Cristiano was telling people that he was going, but he didn't go because nobody wanted him. You've still got the same issue for him. Someone has still got to come in and say, we want you and we're going to pay you, and he's got to be happy with that and
2: be prepared to to move on. Uh, one of the things Cristiano Ronaldo said in the in, in the piece last night, Andy was around the press and he said, look, I don't read any stories in the newspapers, but he did say, I don't know why the press criticised me, especially the press in Portugal, 90% of them are garbage. Uh, and then, you know, he, you see him kind of shunning some of the sky pundits at the side of the pitch when 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 any of them dare to criticise him. So on one hand, he's saying he doesn't listen to the criticism, and then on the other hand, he clearly does.
1: Yeah, I've heard this before, you know. I never read the papers, but, you know, everything that's going on in, in the papers. Um, when he, he might talk about online and say 90% of it is rubbish, and there's elements of, of the journalism trade I'm not going to defend, but there's also some very, very good journalists. Um, there's been a lot of good journalism done on serious subjects from the issues around the Qatar World Cup to everything, really. I think um, the scrutiny which um, public figures are held to account is is not a bad thing, and we can do that in a, in a free democracy. With Cristiano um, saying that you know, even the Portuguese papers are going for me now, as I understand it, that's because he's not been as effective for Portugal as he once was, and he was praised when he played well, and he'll be criticised when he plays badly. He can't have it both ways. Now, if it, if, it, if it's penacious and it goes beyond that, then then that is wrong. But the the, the criticism I've seen of him has been from a, a playing perspective, and he talks about the pundits. Well, they're only saying and articulating what a lot of the fans can see. You know, if someone like Gary Neville or Roy Keane was to say Cristiano was fantastic today when he wasn't, then their own credibility is on the line, just as mine would be. And he seems to object to anybody who criticises him and yet anyone who praises him, he sends it back the other way. Roy Keane's the best captain I've ever had. I mean, that was probably true as well. But pundits are there to tell the truth. Uh, People who've played football can see things through professional eyes and I don't think there's been any vendetta against Cristiano Ronaldo at all. He scored two goals this season against Sheriff from Moldova and one one in the league. His statistics have, have fallen off a cliff. He's been given chances, he's been indulged, he's been given the captaincy and it was him who walked out of Old Trafford twice this season. Nobody else. He made that conscious decision. So if he wants to be seen as an example, he wants people to follow him. What is he
2: suggesting that young players follow him out the ground before the end of the game? I don't think that's professional either. Like the, the the transfer window seems to be one of the big bugbears of his. And look, he referenced the transfer window in which he was brought in, and Jadon Sancho and Rafael Varane were brought in as well as you know a good window and, and possibly the start of something good. But he was also quick to to point backwards to David Gill, the former chief executive, and name check him and and really highlight the fact that the transfer windows since the Ferguson era maybe haven't been what he would have expected. I think that's a fair comment. Equally, I'd be pushed to find anyone criticising
1: Manchester United's recruitment after that summer where they brought in Varane and Sancho and, and Cristiano. P- people were delighted, including myself. Hasn't really worked out with all of them. Varane was injury hit first season. Better this. Sancho has not hit the heights expected. Cristiano was good last year. Less so this. I think a wider point of Manchester United's recruitment not being as good as it was is absolutely valid. We've seen that. We've seen hundreds of millions squandered on substandard, subperforming uh, footballers. You could easily argue that they've been brought partly because of the reputation. Uh, Lots of them have been on the way down, they've not performed. Huge names like Alexis Sanchez, Bastian Schweinsteiger. There's been a lot of them. United have recruited poorly. Compare that to Liverpool, for example, who have worked on a smaller budget than Manchester United, still managed to win the league, win the Champions League, and have been much smarter. Manchester City, obviously, the way they're funded means that They can recruit smartly anyway, but they have done. You know, Pep Guardiola has got a well-oiled machine there and that's not a word or term you would use to describe Manchester United in the post-Ferguson era. So Ronaldo's harking back to when all was good, he was on the rise, when David Gill was his boss. He kept using the word president. Manchester United don't have a president. Uh, He talks about the chef not even changing. Well, the chef has changed because I spoke to the chef earlier this year and he wasn't there when... Cristiano was there uh, last time so there are some uh, inaccuracies in it as well Um, it's his version of the truth and in football there's often more more than one version of the truth but uh, my opinion has not changed uh, having seen the interview uh, from from before uh, seeing it Uh,
0: the position of Ten Hag is going to be very interesting at the end of this it feels like it's actually going to be enhanced uh, as long as Ronaldo doesn't come back. I, you know, I think, I understand the uh, the vagaries of contract law might prevent them from firing him officially and so therefore he'll still be on the books and at some point maybe down the line there's a crisis and they decide, okay, we have a a, a game that we want you to play in. It um, might not be the Europa League, but uh, those games are going to be big. But there could be a situation where they find themselves in where they have to play him. That wouldn't be great for Ten Hag. But if, if for example, they decide they're just going to get into the legal battle with his lawyers and at some point a settlement is made for a portion of the contract or none of the contract or whatever Ten Hag comes out of this as like somebody who has instilled discipline stood up to the biggest player in world football with his half a billion Instagram followers and made the right decision for the club I think that leaves him in a much stronger position I, 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 I don't know if it's it, I don't know if it's necessarily played out that way on purpose from Ten Hag but it certainly feels like he's dealing with the big issues properly
1: yeah, he's made big calls with Ronaldo, with Harry Maguire, when he dropped Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw earlier on in the season. He's a disciplinarian and because results have been good, he's getting away with it, people are supporting him. He's still basking in the glow of uh, the new being a new manager and every new manager would, would benefit from a, a period where fans you know, are invested in the person, want to believe in that person. But he's had some really big results, beating Liverpool, Arsenal. Performance against Tottenham was fantastic. Uh, United are fifth. Fifth isn't overly impressive, but have yet to play a lot of the lower teams. I have got a game in hand. Had a terrible start with um, two opening defeats. So, pointing in the right direction uh, through in the League Cup. Big game against Barcelona to look forward to, albeit with with some nerves because United didn't win that. Group with with Real Sociedad um, winning it. So I think Ten Hag's on pretty solid ground and he's the one whose stock is rising and Cristiano's is going the other way. No player can ever be bigger than the club. Um, Ferguson always had that as his mantra and Ten Hag is showing similar character traits. Cristiano Ronaldo is 37. He's not Manchester United's future. Eric Ten Hag, potentially, is Manchester United's long-time future manager. And he's got to make the decisions. And I don't think there's anything personal. I've not heard any evidence of that at all. I think he's been pretty fair with every player. And I speak to people at the club every single day. And right from that pre-season, I was getting intelligence, which led me to think, OK, he knows what he's doing here. And there'll be setbacks. There was one against Aston Villa last week. And I wouldn't expect Manchester United to... Be winning the Premier League this year, but I've been. I think he's doing a good job, Eric Ten Hag, and I think he's dealt with Cristiano in a, in a fair manner. Uh, has Alex
0: Ferguson's reputation taken any collateral damage from the fact that Ronaldo's like, yeah, I was about to join City and cause all this trouble there, but then Ferguson intervened and maybe come to Old Trafford instead?
1: Not really. I mean, Ferguson made mistakes as well. Ferguson's human, and i put that more on to Cristiano. So you were prepared to join Manchester City, were you? You couldn't think that through for yourself. Did it, did it take Alex Ferguson to change your mind on that one? Wouldn't
0: it have been I great mean, for Man United if he was there causing all the trouble for Pep Guardiola now, storming off into the World Cup, and maybe they wouldn't even have signed Haaland because he would have scored so many goals for them last
1: year. It's an interesting yeah, little sliding doors moment. We could all do the what about, Ray. What if he'd scored the winning goal in a European Cup final? to win Manchester City's first-ever Champions Okay, ever champion yes, that player. would not be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking factually, when he signed, I'd say 99% of Manchester United fans were pleased that Cristiano came back. He gave the club a lift, a buzz. The demand for tickets around his debut against Newcastle was the highest it had been for since that Real Madrid game, I- ironically, when Cristiano Ronaldo came back. In 2013. So that, that shows his celebrity. He is huge. In the eyes of some fans, uh, he's bigger than the club. Maybe not fans who actually go to the, to the matches, but a lot of the younger fans, you know, my eight year old daughter, Cristiano Ronaldo is probably bigger than Manchester United in her eyes. So there's different demographics here. And I have seen some Manchester United fans defending him because they're basically Cristiano Ronaldo fans. And that's been a, a a relatively new phenomenon where people follow individuals rather than clubs but it does exist
0: Yeah and I I think Erling Haaland probably has the same and it's one of those things which makes you think Haaland's not going to be at City for much longer than two or three seasons because he wants to go off and see what it's like to be that player at Real Madrid and to be that player in some other league as well Um, One last thing before we let you go here Uh, I know you obviously follow Spanish football a lot what do you think of their World Cup prospects is there because um, we were talking about Portugal and their prospects, and if everything aligns and they get a little bit of luck, they could cause damage for a team in a quarter and a semi-final, and who the hell knows, maybe Ronaldo at the end of all this is lifting the
1: trophy. We'll see, unlikely, but Spain must fancy their chances, right? Yeah, Spain Spain are a good team with a, a very, very good manager in Luis Enrique. I was really impressed with them in the Euros, That that semi-final against Italy was probably the best game of football I saw in 2021 and it was a very narrow game so were small margins that you talk about could easily go in, in Spain's favour they've certainly got the quality they've got the strength in depth they've got a, a wise manager they would benefit from not being the favourites that they were a decade ago when they won those three tournaments Euros, World Cup Euros 2008, 10 and 12 uh, emerging talents coming through you've got very strong links. you know. The, if you've got that uh, Pedri, Gavi, Busquets midfield, well, they're top of the league for Barcelona in La Liga. It isn't quite Iniesta and Xavi, but Spain is a country which produces world-class um, footballers. Up front, they've not got um, a top, top number nine, but then they've not been playing with one for a long time. So, they use that false nine idea pretty much before any international team. So, yeah, Spain, Spain would not be the favourites, but they'd certainly be one of six capable of winning it. And all of those players are capable of um, playing in front of the biggest stages. They play for Barcelona, Madrid, or the the big Premier League teams. So, we have got a really, really good manager as well. I've got a lot of respect for Luis Enrique. I've interviewed him. I've spent an hour and a half in his company and walked away from that thinking, wow. You're a really impressive uh, human. He, he absolutely knows his stuff. And, um, yeah, Spain are in, are in decent shape. Yeah, looking forward to seeing how they get on. Uh, people are texting us about, and
0: Shane in particular thought that there was an issue between Bruno and Ronaldo. Were you buying that, or did you think that was um, too short? A, uh, my My instinct is that, data is too small. It's incomplete. (laughs) We don't know what happened before. We don't know what happened after. We can't really hear what they're saying. Uh, Shane's insisting that, no, there's something up. Just looked awkward. He didn't like it.
1: Uh, I wouldn't read too much into that little awkward. It was awkward uh, interaction. I would read more into the fact that when Cristiano was asked to talk about the best Manchester United players, he omitted Bruno. So he talked about Diogo Delot. Again, someone who <laughs> talks up to him and he, he, did, he didn't include Bruno in that. So there's definitely some um, professional tension, jealousy, call it what you like. There, Teammates don't have to be best mates. You know, when I was a kid, I used to think that all the Man United players hung around together, went out socialising together. Actually, in the 80s, most of them did and that's why they didn't win the league title. But, it's completely changed now but they're not best mates good stuff andy thanks a million cheers cheers
0: otb am with gillette in association with movember effortless shave magnificent modes